Hey, Howard Jacobson here, host of Plant Yourself, and welcome to a Monday morning, a weekday edition of the Plant Yourself podcast, uh, North Carolina lockdown edition, uh, day four, actually. So I haven't broadcast, I think, since Wednesday of last week. So let me tell you a little bit about what happened. And I have lots of thoughts, and I want to keep continuing doing this daily thought podcast. But honestly, I'm still really jet lagged. It's like uh, 11 in the morning and I've been up since two and I'm starting to feel like it's ready for like dinner in bed. So I have I have things to say that are sort of heartfelt and thought out and I don't have the the brain power or the tongue for it at the moment. So I just kind of catch you up because so many people have been so generous with your concern. Uh, a lot of you have made financial gifts to plant yourself to help us during this period. So appreciated. Um, yeah, things have uh, have been stressful. And uh, so so here's here's what happened. So on Wednesday, I I podcasted and then we went to bed and around one in the morning, um, I got up to check emails because we had been told by the U.S. State Department, by the uh, embassy in Johannesburg, that on I think on Sunday or Saturday that they were going to hopefully have a flight by midweek and then Tuesday, Wednesday heard nothing. So I was checking a lot. And then uh, Wednesday, well, I guess Thursday, 1 a.m. So Wednesday night, Thursday morning, there was an email saying, OK, we have a flight. Um, we can't tell you how much it's going to be um, somewhere, probably around fifteen hundred dollars a person. And be at uh, Durban's King Shaka International Airport um, between 6 and 7 a.m. on Friday. So that was in like, you know, a day and a half. So in the morning we all woke up and I said, well, so we've got this invitation to get on this flight. Do you want to take it? Uh, looks like there'll be several hundred people on the flight. Looks like um, social distancing will not be possible. It's going to be really expensive. Um, you know, for six thousand dollars, we could rent a house in South Africa for months. So do we really want to do it? And uh, there was a bunch of other people somehow for some reason, when the State Department sent out this notification to like 200 families, they put us all in the two line. So usually that's a you know big no, no. But here I had access to the emails of every other American uh, who was going to be flying out of Cape Town or, jo or, or Durban, not Johannesburg, but Cape Town or Durban, um, who had registered with the U.S. State Department. So I thought, well, I'm not sure exactly what to do. Like, is it safer to stay in country than to risk getting on a plane with all those people, especially since the plane was going to go from Durban and we were going to have to drive to Durban through checkpoints, through God knows what, um, then we couldn't figure out how to deal with the rental car because the people from the rental car said, well, you have to deliver it to us and you have to do it during business hours. And we were like, well, we can't. And you have to come pick it up for where they take us. This is like the rapture, basically. Like, we are going to get raptured at King Shock Airport or rather the uh, this trade port just outside. You've got to be there to pick up the car at 6 a.m. or there's nothing we can do. So we were discussing as a family whether we wanted to do this. But part of part of the interchange with some of the other people on this email list, um, which I replied all to and said, what do you guys think? 
Uh, and I got some very interesting responses, including from people like I was thinking mostly tourists, people just over there for a little while. But there's a bunch of Americans who have been living in South Africa more or less permanently, uh, who have kids, who have, you know, had kids there. Kids are in school there. They're really ensconced in their community. And some of them were coming home, like basically had made a decision uh, within, you know, four hours of receiving this email that they wanted to leave the country that they were living in. And one of the things people said was like, when you look at the unemployment in the U.S. and the cases of COVID-19 in the U.S. and the severity, and then you extrapolate that onto South Africa, you could easily see a situation in which there are millions of people infected, hundreds of thousands or even a million people dying, and police and military not doing their jobs and just having you know gang violence rather than the rule of law. Um, and, and the day that we were getting ready to leave, the Thursday, there was rumors that were strongly circulating that the lockdown was going to be extended so that we were going to be stuck in the middle of an, a regime becoming increasingly authoritarian. And you could argue whether it's for a good or a, an ill purpose, um, but becoming more and more authoritarian. The U.S. government saying, if you want to get out, this is the only time we're going to help you. And the possibility of um, civil chaos. We decided to get on that plane. And also our garden needed tending. And my son hadn't touched his uh, classical guitar for weeks, for over, over a month. So that all went into the decision. He's like, let's just get home. Let's regroup. If we want to come back when all this is over or resolved or shifted, we can do it at some point. But let's just get home to our base. So we woke up that you know, we made that decision Thursday morning. And then we thought, well, we have to be at Durban at six. So we'll just sleep there. We're in the Drakensberg and drive three hours in the morning and then started thinking probably not such a great idea with potential for roadblocks. And there's been a lot of talk of army abuse and um, bribery. And we're like, you know, let's if we're going to get some have to deal with something. Let's deal with it during the day. So I said, OK. So we woke up that morning, decided we're going to go. We're going to leave. We're going to have to drive to Durban. Our neighbors, um, she's a travel agent. She found us a really nice place in Durban, uh, a very fancy five star place overlooking uh, Umschlanga Rocks, the beach for basically 100 bucks for the night uh, for a suite for for all four of us. And so we we left around one in the afternoon. We said some goodbyes um, and we drove to Durban around one around or two. So we got there around four or five. Um, Durban is a very happening, bustling city. There was nothing going on. Uh, made our way to our hotel room. Um, we're told where the local supermarket was so we could um, you know, stock up for the flight. We didn't know what kind of plane we were going to be on, whether it was, you know, a commercial plane with with entertainment system and uh, a galley and meals and, and smiling flight attendants or, you know, like my vision of like a Hercules transport with the guys strapped in on parachutes and a truck in the middle. Like I had no idea what the U.S. government was really going to be sending for us. So uh, we thought we should uh, prepare with get to get some food made. So we made some wraps, we uh, went to bed. The next morning, 
um, we drove to this uh, trade port, the Dubai trade port uh, next to King Shaka International Airport. And so the, there's all these U.S. American flags there and U.S. consulate personnel. Um, and to make sure that we knew we were in the hands of the Americans, there was a table with stacks and stacks of boxes of Krispy Kreme donuts. Like, ah, OK, we recognize this. So right before getting on a plane with uh, hundreds of other people, we were social distanced the hell out of. So totally, you know, they're, they're trying to check in all these people. It took um, two hours. And I think there were 40 of us in Durban that had to go through this process. We had to fill out forms about where we stayed. Did we have symptoms? Have we been tested? Uh, we had to fill out the promissory notes that we would repay the U.S. government whenever it came to collect the money, no matter how expensive it was. And um, passport screenings and, and checking luggage and all this stuff uh, that we had to do before we went to the airport because the South African government said that the, uh, the screeners were not going to touch our stuff. They were just going to screen it. And if there was any issues, we couldn't get on the flight. So all the paperwork was done in advance. We had our boarding passes. Uh, we got on the buses, went to this entirely empty airport, except for, say, dozens or maybe even hundreds of workers in a yellow jumpsuits sitting around mostly doing nothing. Um, but at least, you know, they're employed. They're, uh, they're earning a salary, presumably. Uh, so got to the airport, got on the, uh, the Air Ethiopian Airways or Air Ethiopia plane to to Cape Town, about an hour and a half flight, where we waited for, I think, three hours for a whole bunch of other people, other American expats, to uh, board the plane. And basically, there was no social distancing whatsoever. We were in every single row. There were nine seats in a row. And I would guess an average of five or six seats were taken in every row. So basically, you were sitting next to someone or right in behind or right in front of someone. Uh, so all the all the social distancing they had us do beforehand uh, was really pointless. Um, so then we got to, you know after Cape Town, we then took off for a seven hour flight to the country of Togo to Lome, where we landed in the middle of the night and got a new crew, and then another eleven hours of flying across the Atlantic to Dulles. Uh, we were told, like, we had to fill out these health forms. We were told we were going to have our temperatures taken. We were going to be screened. Uh, we got there. There was nobody there. Nobody looked at anything. Nobody looked at the forms we filled out. Uh, we just walked straight out. They didn't even, like, look at, uh, ask, you know, take the, uh, the card for customs to see if we had anything to declare. Just get the hell out of here. And so we got a rental car at 5 in the morning and drove for four and a half hours back to our home. Then my daughter and I went out to the airport to return the rental car and come back in her car. And so that was all of Friday. Saturday and Sunday were just have just been a fog of jet lag, just waking up in the middle of the night and, and being up and not having the energy to do anything or think about anything, just letting people know, OK, we're safe, we're here. And then yesterday in the afternoon, uh, I called my friend with a gardening question. He's like, I don't have to talk now. I'm, I'm preparing for the extreme weather. 
And I'm like, what extreme weather? So we looked it up and there was uh, storm warning, hurricane winds, tornado watch. So we had to then go out and get everything in order, including taking down a tent where my son was sleeping because uh, he wanted his own space and putting away everything from the garden. And then that blew through last night. We missed the tornado. Um, you know, woke up to buckets of rain and haven't haven't really looked out on the property to see if there's been any tree damage yet, but our power's still on, so nothing near a power line. So that's that's where our, where we're at. Um, we are self quarantining. Um, uh, went to uh, to Whole Foods on our way home from the airport and spent like an hour and a half in line, social distanced from all the other people in line. And so we made a big a big shop because we didn't think we we're going to be doing that very often. And so now we're just living off of that in the house, uh, trying to stay positive and uh, trying to figure out what exactly the next steps are in my my career, my business, my life, uh, whether we just continue doing what we've been doing, go back to online or whether there are other ways to be of service. So I'd love to hear how your uh, lockdown is going. Um, I'll be and also if there's anything you'd like me to talk about tomorrow. I want to talk about self care. I'm developing some thoughts on that. And the fact that self care for so many of us, if we are staying home and we can afford it, has become really expanded. And what does that mean? And what's going to happen when it has to contract again? So reach out to me, uh, plant yourself, uh, just find it on Facebook. Or uh, there's a plant yourself YouTube channel, and this is also—it's an audio. It's also a video, so it'll be up on on YouTube if you want to see my face and uh, my uh, my apocalypse how um, goatee. If you'd like to um, support the show, there's a tip jar at plantyourself.com/gift. And still, if you if you're still at home, homebound and stressed out, check out my guided relaxation exercises for the homebound and stressed out. And you can find that at plantyourself.com slash unstress. And finally, if you're looking for the audio book of Use the Weight to Lose the Weight, read by Josh Lajani, you can find that at sicktofit.com slash badass. All right, everybody, have a great day. I'll see you back here tomorrow. As always, be well, my friends.